0: everyone, thank you for joining us online here at Destiny. If you haven't had a chance to visit our campus, we would love for you to come out and join us for our 1030 service. But if you can't, you can always watch us online at DestinyOKC.com. And while you're there, you can watch any of our past messages, see any of our upcoming events, or read pastor's blogs. Also, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms right here. And now, here's this week's message. Well, 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 unto us a child is born, a son is given, so grateful for all that the Lord is doing in this hour of our world, um, around the world, so many wonderful things happening and so excited to just continue to be connected um, just with the expressions of what the Lord's doing in that regard. And we celebrate that as a church family, just as those things start to emerge more and more and more. Um, and we will we'll have our, uh, I just want to ask you to begin to pray into something that will be coming again in March. That first weekend, we're going to have our Fuel the Fire event. And um, Steve Upple and I have been interacting quite a lot from the UK. He'll be back with us. And uh, several other uh, church families have started to kind of come on board with what's going on with all of that. So we're excited and anticipating it's going to be just an amazing, amazing weekend, that first weekend of March. So today, I am really wanting to encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. In a digital world, it's important that we learn to purpose human moments. I want to say that again so that we're really realizing. we, We do live in a digital world. And it's very important that we learn to purpose human moments. Uh, And so some things just help us in that regard. And I'm going to talk about something that's extremely significant uh, to helping us understand the power of slowing down today. As we just continue in a focus of cultivating an awareness of the nearness of God. And again, um, unto us a child is born, a son is given, Jesus came. And he is here. How many of you know the nearness of God is not a question? The awareness of the nearness of God, that's the question. And we talked a little last week about fasting and prayer and just entering into a more um, powerful interaction of the Spirit of God uh, at work within our lives. And when we spend time like that, just consecrating ourselves to go deeper, it does not make God more aware of us. It makes us more aware of God. And so that's what we want to try and do is just create and cultivate. We're celebrating in this Christmas season. We're so thankful that the Lord has come and we get to celebrate his presence in the earth. He is not only with us right now in the room. Let's not worship or talk about his word or encounter uh, you know, our, our experience without truly engaging with him. He is here. But this is amazing. In the New Testament, he's not just with us. He is actually within us. And so deep calls to deep, and uh, I just ask that the Lord would really speak to our hearts. Uh, The Lord is transforming, and we just need to hear this often, go back to it over and over. God is transforming in the Western world church especially, but in the body of Christ around the world. He's transforming rooms full of consumers who love listening to a minister to become rooms full of ministers who've learned to listen to God. And so you don't need a man to teach you, 1 John 2. Uh, the anointing will teach you and so no matter who happens to be speaking on a Sunday morning learn to pay attention to what the Lord desires to reveal and it's that anointing in the room that really will take us to a deeper place and learning to walk in an awareness of the nearness of God is not only a commission that we've received with Jesus coming and we celebrate that at Christmas it's also the great commission that we uh, read about and Jesus said go and make disciples you know he didn't say go and make believers he said go and make disciples there's a difference between believers and disciples and we're going to learn that even more so coming into 2023 as we go deeper into the reality of God's kingdom but he said go and make disciples and what he say Lo, I am with you always so making disciples answering the or fulfilling the Great Commission is actually learning to practice the presence of God as our way of life I am with you he is here he's with us he's within us he's among us he's at work in those around us and so um, that's really I think uh, incredibly important part of the kingdom of God is that we're paying attention to what the Lord is doing among us and like just going up and trying to tell somebody about Jesus is a beautiful thing but to actually go up and have a word being led by the Spirit of God, functioning and flowing in the gifts of the Spirit in your life. And suddenly they're realizing you're drinking from a different well than people drink from in my world. And that opens up the doorway then for so much more of God's kingdom to begin to expand. And so we want to grow in that. Don't you want to grow in that? And the Lord's doing a great work uh, in our world, and I'm excited about it. I, I do just want to say I had an incredible um, experience this past Friday night and I I got inducted Uh, I am part of the Jesus gang movement and uh, I'm so thankful just for the crew for uh, Brad and Stacia and their leadership now for many years for uh, Melissa Leon I know you guys have been really working hard Leon did a great job uh, leading the Bible study that Friday night and uh, just so much going on in this crew and so I went into this Friday night meeting and I don't know Maybe half the people there don't actually attend the church. But they started talking about, you know, different things, how many times they'd been in prison and different things that had happened in their lives. And and, and I'm just sitting there just thinking, man, God is just so faithful to reach into every person's life that lives on this planet if we'll just yet believe for him to... And, and like, in fact, Josh is here for the first time this morning. Uh, I, I was watching Josh because he kind of walked in the room and he was, I don't know, just kind of sizing him up. And I was like, yeah, he... I'm not sure about this guy. You know, he kind of come walking in, and he kind of sat back there in the corner. And then, like, when he opened his mouth, all I heard was God's Word coming out of him. It was like he got up and started talking, and he started saying... Uh, You know, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to give you hope. I mean, he was just like declaring the word of God over and over. And I was just in the room thinking like I'm the pastor of the church and I'm here just receiving what these people are pouring into me. And at the end of the night, they put a chair in the middle of the room and sat me down and yelled at me in prayer for a long time and gave me my t-shirt. And so I just wanted to recognize and say, I love you guys. Most of us hear them. We've not met them, but they're the loud bunch over here because they've been set free from more than what most of us can imagine. So come on, what Jesus is doing, we want to celebrate, give thanks to God Almighty. He's a good, good God. We'll prepare uh, in your Bibles, turn to Matthew 16. We'll get there in just a few moments. Uh, I want to talk to you about this awareness of the nearness of God. And... um, Again, I I felt like I had just a number of really um, good insights to to share. And it's just so funny what the Lord's doing right now. He's just asking me personally, and I believe asking all of us, can you just get past man's clever (laughs) long enough to know God's power? The church world that you and I live in has had enough of man's clever. And we, the church, need God's power. We need to experience what he's desiring to reveal in our time together. And uh, we're on this journey, and we need to walk in a spirit of unity and cultivating what that really means. We all have these parts and pieces to the puzzle. And when we stay engaged in conversation and unity together, we start to understand a clearer picture. I love the uh, expression of a sense of liturgy, even with uh, Advent and the candle, and and I really enjoy that. And, And what it makes me i didn't I didn't enjoy that sort of thing in, in general i have I had kind of an axe to grind with what I grew up um, sensing or feeling was the disconnected from reality church and so some of my church experience when I would go to church was it was like this is like something, an island to itself, and it doesn't even relate to the real world, and it doesn't really apply to me, and that was kind of my mindset growing up. So when I became a pastor, I wanted us to be relevant, I wanted us to be connected, I wanted us to... Uh, and and so and I think there's something beautiful about the church that knows the power of the Spirit and the celebration of God. I mean, no, that's a wonderful place to be. And that's really the heartbeat of, of what we carry, what we bring to the body of Christ, to our world. But then there are those uh, congregational families that are related to us spiritually that are going to be far more subdued than us. They're going to be more liturgic in their approach. And the thing that we have to understand is they carry a real revelation of the reverence of the Father that we can grow from and learn from if we won't reject them or resist them but we understand the unity of the body of Christ is where we discover the fullness of who God is in every community around the world isn't that beautiful we can have distinction if we won't have division and we can learn to celebrate uh, what each other carries in that spirit of unity and in doing that there's something powerful that's released i love the psalms 133 uh, you know how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity And the latter part of that very brief chapter talks about for there god has commanded his blessing and power i mean it's that place where the world starts to be transformed in power and the blessing of god begins to be awakened So I want you to know that you actually carry uh, an incredible measure of God's blessing and power that's locked up within you. It's locked up on purpose. The revelation of Christ is never hidden from us, it's always hidden for us and when we discover what God is desiring to reveal, things that are locked up within us actually begin to be unlocked, and it has then the power to transform the world around us. And I want to size this up this way today, and, um, and, and I'll tell you the title of what I want to talk about, and then I just want us to take a moment and just really incline our ears so that all of us, myself especially, because I'm talking up here, that we'd be hearing what the Lord is desiring to say. You have God-given capacity that must be developed into God-given ability. So I want to talk about capacity and ability. So Lord, before any of us were formed in our mother's womb, you knew us. You planned for us. You purposed our existence. You laid out our steps. You numbered our hairs. You know us intimately. You purpose the exact day and time that we would be born. You know the exact day and time that we will graduate from this earth. In the few years that blaze by so rapidly that we have to serve your purposes, Lord, in this earth. And I pray that today we would allow you to unlock within us maybe some things that have existed that we don't even know are there. But I just sense that you are going to blow the breath of God on certain things that have been even purposefully dormant in many instances until the right season and time has come. And I believe that we're coming into a season of great flourishing and awakening in the body of Christ. So help us, Lord, to know what that looks like in our individual lives and all of us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen amen so you know I uh, as a dad a lot of times I relate my uh, experiences um, with the father and uh, I think about you know we've celebrated faith's graduation from college she told me um, she told me that her her name is legally changed now because uh, I was got nervous when she said that at first Uh, but because now she's an RN, and so, uh, so I'm really proud of her for that. And I, I was watching her walk across the stage in one of the ceremonies, and um, and I, I kind of was thinking about like her first steps. And I happened to have actually, I wish I would have thought to play it for you. I videoed. Her first steps I was videoing her the the moment she took her first steps and it looked kind of funny you know she was a little wobbly and she got her steps in and she made her way over and then I began to pray um, when Lexi came along and I said Lord I've got faiths first steps on camera um, I'd really like to have Lexi's as well and it was a gift that the Lord gave me I actually captured Lexi's first steps on video as well and I just love those treasured moments but this is the thing that all of us have to understand. There was no question in her mind walking across the stage this weekend because she's been walking for a long time. But she was born with the capacity to walk, yet she didn't have the ability to do so. We were all born with the capacity to speak, but we only know how to make a bunch of noise initially. And then uh, that... that capacity starts to become ability. I I just, I've come back to this over and over, and um, not to just keep, you know, giving you guys a big commercial over here, even though I actually saw you guys are also the community group of the week that are gonna be celebrated at the end of the church, so you're like the the limelight hog today. Um, But I just, Friday night I was listening in the room, and um, Shauna, is Shauna in here? Oh, there you are, Shauna. Uh, Sean I just want to say when you started to speak you know we've had brief interactions and conversations hi how are you hug um, but boy when you started to speak Friday night you have a real gift I don't know that you even have any idea you have a real gift of communication you began to articulate on a level uh, that I don't think most people even have the ability to do so you were born with that capacity you were designed with that capacity before you were ever born You've awakened that from capacity to ability. But I just want us to speak over you. Would you mind just standing to your feet? And some of you all just surround her. Because I'm just declaring over you, Shauna. God's given you a tremendous capacity to use your voice in an articulately wonderful way to paint the picture of God's kingdom for others to be able to see know and understand and your story is a part of that your testimony is a part of that but God is gonna awaken that ability within you even more so even today's we're declaring this in agreement God is awakening some of those things that exist within you to move into another level of the expression of the gifts he's placed within your life in Jesus mighty name Amen. Come on, we disagree over Shauna today. How many of you believe there might be uh, capacities that exist within you that God wants to awaken to become abilities? That's the nature of prophecy. That's what's happening right there. The Lord's just awakening a prophecy. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, (laughs) He is prophecy Himself. The Word made flesh, that revelation that God desires for us to understand. That's the nature of the prophetic. The, The prophetic calls out that which exists within a person in the form of capacity, illuminates capacity then to become ability. But this is the thing every one of us have to understand. Your capacity to walk didn't happen until you cultivated and developed the ability to do so. This this is the case in the natural. And let me just say to you, it's important that we all understand today, this is the case even more so in the spiritual. Just because you have capacity doesn't mean you've cultivated ability. And so I want us to see that and know how how to do that today. Uh, When we were born again, we had the capacity to be spiritually discerning but we had to or learn to cultivate the ability to do so like I remember when I first became a Christian and I was standing there and uh, hadn't been a believer very long and some guy who did not know me at all he came up to me and uh, I you know I used to play lead guitar in these metal bands in the 80s and and all that had a lot of baggage and so I had my flying V guitar and I had set it to the side at home, and I decided, you know, uh, that's the devil's. I'm, I'm not. I probably just need to sell that and give the money to. The poor or something. You know, I was trying to figure out how to manage all of this. Not that I've ever been extreme or anything. Um, But I was trying to figure out how to manage all of this. And in doing so, I was really, there's a lot of inner turmoil. And this guy who didn't even know me, uh, we're standing in this time of prayer. And he comes over and he said, like, again, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know I play guitar. He doesn't know anything. And he said to me, uh, I was just praying. I felt like the Lord said to me that um, you are going to take your ability to play a guitar into a place of expressing God's kingdom in the earth. And I was like, like I, you know, I got a guitar at home. I'm debating if I can ever touch it again because I had assigned you know, a skill set in the wrong direction and not seeing how the Lord wanted to redeem that. And and I mean, how many of you know there's a lot going on around us spiritually, and most of us just live our lives ignorant of what God is desiring to do because we've not developed the ability, it just remained untapped capacity. And I'm calling to that in you today in Jesus' mighty name. Here's, Here's the problem, because guys like me get up and talks like this, and we paint a picture that uh, can be sensational, and we hear it and we get inspired by it. But if we're not careful, we don't really help people understand the practical element of how to walk this out. And so it was interesting. Um, our younger daughter Lexi, she uh, was she does these clinicals uh, for her degree, and um, and she just told me about how a young man that she's doing a is one of her clients, basically, Uh, he came late to an appointment, and and she just shared with me that that morning, the Lord had revealed to her a specific time of day, and it happened to be the exact moment, like 11 minutes after he was supposed to be there, and he's always there because he only has 30 minutes with her in this, but it was like to the exact moment the Lord had revealed to her he was going to be late. And she told me this story. And I thought, man, this is great. This is going to fit right into my message Sunday. So I started writing it up. And like, I really wrote it up. I I said, and and Lexi was before the Lord. And the presence of God invaded the house. And she heard the Lord say, Thine client is going to be lateth by 11 minutes. And, And then she goes to the to the you know, where in the where she's gonna, you know, have the client come in and do her clinical and, and she's there and in the in the presence of the Lord to the exact moment, exactly eleven moments late, the child walks in. And I, I mean I hadn't I hadn't painted it quite like what I'm describing, but you do get the picture like I'm articulate with what God's assigned me to do and I have this gift of communication and if I'm not careful I take that and I make it into something that captures your attention because sometimes I feel like I need to capture your attention and that's real problematic in the western world church because we are working hard to capture people's attention and get the affirmation of man rather than just standing in the authority of God with his attention being really all that matters. And so I'm I'm learning this. I'm scaling off of some things, and and we're growing in this together. There are people uh, in the room and online who are watching and praying and asking me questions sometimes. Do you think you might have taken that a little too far? And I'm evaluating all of that. We're trying to really just, just try to get it right as much as we possibly can. So I, I, I read to Lexi, this is what I'm going to share, and I told her the whole story. And, and she, she did something like this. You'll have to look up to see me. She did something like this. I don't remember exactly what the look was, but it was something like that. Just like, dad, 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 calm down. And so she said, it wasn't like that. It was just, I got up in the morning, and I just felt like God kept giving me a time. It was just a time. I didn't have any idea what it was. It was just the time kept popping into my mind. I kept thinking about this specific time. And when I uh, went through the day, I had no idea why I thought about that time. And then I'm in this, you know, waiting for my client realizing, oh, it's almost that time. And the very exact moment that the Lord kept popping, you know, that time, that's when the, the client walked into the room. And so it wasn't this big sensational thing. I just want you to know hearing God is not some big sensational thing. Just relax. Sometimes you're going to hear God and you're not even going to know. If she hadn't noticed and paid attention to that time, she wouldn't have known that she was hearing God and he was actually trying to reveal that. And I think he is trying to get her attention more so that she's listening to what the Lord is revealing. I think he's trying to get all of our attention more so that we're learning to be led by the Spirit the way we wake up in the morning and the Holy Spirit is then preparing us for the day and sometimes giving us directives about things we should do. And shouldn't do and, and Paul writes in scripture and he says you know we wanted to go in this region but the Lord said no so we didn't go like God actually has the voice when you want to do something I want to go out on a date with this person but the Lord might say no and if he says no don't you say yes I want to take this job I want to buy this car I want to do what is are you listening to what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say in the midst of all your wants Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Ah, all of our desires are supposed to be wrapped up in him. We're not even including him in most of our desires. He's like a piece we bolt on later, after we mess it all up. And then we're like, Lord, how could you let this happen to me? I mean, can you imagine God? He's probably like, oh. He's been that way for me a lot. So, this doesn't just happen because you hope it happens. You know, hope is not a strategy. How many of you want to be led by the Spirit of God? This is the thing you got to understand. Romans eight says, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God." Like, it is God's plan for you to be led by God. John 10, 27. My sheep know me. They hear my voice. They follow me. Do you know that if you have given your life to Christ, and I'm not just talking about like I'm a believer. I'm talking about a disciple. Let's talk about what the difference is between believers and disciples, because we're going to learn this in 2023, where we're going to go deeper. We live in a Western world society where we've created fast food religion, get you in, get you out. Get you going, and, and here's your, your, your little religious fix. And now go live your life and, and, and point to Jesus and come back, and be back in the service. This, that, raise your hand if you want to accept Christ. There, I see that hand. Now you're a believer. The Bible didn't say go and make believers, the Bible said go and make disciples. And so we're settling for having rooms full of believers that actually are produced into consumers that love listening to their favorite speakers. When we're actually called to make disciples, this should be rooms full of ministers that are full of the power of God, walking in the presence of God everywhere they go. That's what God has called us to This doesn't just happen because, well, I hope it happens. I heard a message about this once. You're going to have to develop the disciplines and the practices that we see in the life of Jesus if you want to have the results that Jesus carried in his life. Think about the word disciple and think about the word discipline. It's almost all the same letters. You know why? Because if you are going to be a disciple of somebody, you are going to pattern your priorities after the disciplines of their life. Discipleship was not the idea of Jesus. Discipleship existed before Jesus called disciples. Plato was a disciple of Socrates. Do you understand this? Like Discipleship was common. And the way you actually became a disciple was you gave yourself to the disciplines and to the practices of the person that you say, I will be a disciple of that person. How is it that so many people call themselves Christians and have settled for being believers and their lives don't have any of the practices or the disciplines that Jesus' life had? You cannot give what you do not have. I, I, man, I just feel like I'm learning more that I am shouting at the top of my lungs about something that is largely misunderstood in the body of Christ at large. And the Lord is causing us to wake up. Do you believe that? Like, He's waking up the church. And I, I just want you to understand we are a part of that. Like, you and I, we are a part of that. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm not here. I mean, you might say, man, you're right. My life doesn't have any of the disciplines. My life doesn't have any of the practices or the priorities or the disciplines or any of those things that I see when I read scripture, Jesus often withdrew to the lonely place and prayed. Isolation is something we don't do very well. I'm just going to tell you, 2023, we're going to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord and explore understanding of the kingdom of God and begin to behold the eternal perspective of God in a way that we have ne- it's going to blow your mind. Are you ready for it? But you're not going to be able to be preached into it. You're going to have to learn to pray yourself into some of those deeper places. Preaching is only going to be able to awaken so far and take you so far and then you've got to be willing to go there yourself. Jesus often withdrew to the lonely place and prayed. Jesus fasted and pray. Do you remember when the disciples brought the demoniac to him and, and they said, we couldn't get this demon out of this guy? And Jesus is like, bam, he's out. And he's like, you know, what's wrong with y'all? Some kind only come out by prayer and fasting. Jesus didn't say, uh, no, okay, this one's going to need some prayer and fasting. Let me go do some praying and fasting. He was fasted and prayed up all the time the way he lived his life. This was a pattern in his life. Prayer was a pattern in his life. Fasting was a pattern in his life. Caring for the needs of people around him that were in need, that was a pattern of his life. These are the disciplines and the practices of Jesus. Are you a disciple of Jesus? So I think the Lord wants us to begin to be awakened to these, these spiritual realities that are born from spiritual disciplines of prayer fast that's why we're focusing in on this uh, the 40 days coming into 2023 and i just encourage you i know we gave those out the other night and maybe uh you got one of those this is not what's on your seat but we have some more uh, behind the camera back here in the middle when you when we conclude today to pick them up and what we're simply asking you to do is be very intentional about how you pray number one Be in a conversational relationship with God. Go deeper in the way you pray. Give intentionally. You and I should live our lives in a sacrificially generous way. Tithes, offerings, generosity its just the way. We should see all of the resources of our lives as that which God has called us to steward, to see his kingdom expand, not to build my own stuff, my own kingdom, get my own way. Pray, give, connect, build relationship, give into people's lives relationally. Learn to be a highly relational, deeply compassionate person, just like Jesus. Again, the discipline of Christ. Declare and, and, and speak his word. And so we've got a declaration on the back of this card that you can get up every morning and just begin to say, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. I will not forget all your benefits. You forgave my sin. You healed my sickness. You redeem my life from the pit You give me strength to more than conquer I'm the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath I'm going over, I'm not going under I am blessed in the city I am blessed in the country Come on, it goes on and on and on This is a declaration you can make every single morning I hope you will I don't want you just to practice positivity I want you to be engaged with God In an attitude of faith that shifts the spiritual atmosphere All around your life, everywhere you go This is what Jesus did And he's trying to to awaken this in the church. And he he says these words in Matthew chapter 16. And it's what I want to read today for just a text for us to center around, reflect on, and think about. Jesus replied, Matthew 16, verses 2 to 3. And he said, When evening comes, you say, He's speaking to the religious people, the Pharisees, by the way. When evening comes, you say, The weather will be fair for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it'll be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky. How many know Oklahoma? We get it. (laughs) We know how to, to predict the weather when we see certain things about the sky. But this is what he says. But you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Jesus expected these religious people, as he does always, The people of God of every generation are supposed to be discerning of the signs of the times. We're supposed to have an awareness of what God is doing in the day in which we live. Not be so distracted by our busy, crazy lives that we don't really even have time to pay attention to what the Lord's desiring to reveal. He's saying to them, pay attention. He expects this from them to be discerning of the times. He expects this from us all. It's the way of Jesus. Sixteen times in scripture, Jesus said, you who have ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. If we're really going to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, then we're going to have to stay connected in the body of Christ because you know in part and you prophesy in part. You will sometimes only have one word and it takes about ten friends to have a sentence. Do you get what I'm saying? It takes a gathering in a community group perhaps to get more of a sentence of what God is revealing. Have you ever been to one community group and they seem to carry a little different vibe than another community group? Well, I can't believe they're not like us. No, they're just another sentence. It's just like what I was saying earlier about the body of Christ. We carry a part of the conversation God is desiring to have with the world. And when multiple sentences start to function together in unity, then we get a paragraph. And after we get a paragraph, then we get a page and a chapter. And the whole book is right here to help us understand what it means to come together as the body of Christ, discerning the ways of God. Hearing what God desires to say. I love this first John chapter three, verse 24 in the message Bible. It says, as we keep his commands, we live deeply. Would everybody say deeply? God, oh, man, he wants us to learn to abide in Christ in this deep place of interaction. We live deeply and surely. This confidence that comes from the deep place of abiding in him. We live deeply and surely in him and he lives in us. Again, he's not just with us. He's within us and among us. And this is how we experience his deep and abiding presence in us by the spirit he gave us. This is, this is so powerful. And I really want to take a, a vote. How many of you really do? Like our New Year's revelation for 2023 is deeper. We're going to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. We're going to go deeper in our relationship with each other. Listen carefully. We're going to go deeper in our love for the world. That'll mess with some theology, by the way. (laughs) Like we teach people to, you know, hate the world, stay away from the world, don't be involved in the world. But for God so loved the world. I mean, we've got to figure this out. We're going to go deeper in our reality and revelation of what all that really means. But this is the thing. How many of you? want This is my vote. How many of you want to go deeper in what God is wanting to take you in? Just raise your hand really high if that's you. If you're online, just click something, post something. Why? We want to. We want to go deeper. Let me just tell you right now. What you don't need is more of all the stuff to go deeper. You need less of all the stuff to go deeper. I, I don't know why somebody put a dollar on this table, uh, and and I. Wasn't sure what to do with it, so I just kind of stuck it in my pocket to figure out. I thought, well, maybe I'll find a kid in the lobby and just give him a dollar on the way out. But, but now I'm actually thinking about the illustration of the dollar. You, you know that, like, if I say to somebody, hey... Um, I I, I love you, and I just want to bless you. And I give, if my life is like a dollar, and I give them the whole dollar, then I've given them everything. But if I break that into four quarters, now I've got four pieces of my life to give to four different people, right? Well, how many of you agree that my life, if my life is a dollar, I should probably give my wife at least a quarter of that, right? And so I give her a quarter, and I can't then give everybody else what I give my wife. And so I give other people that are maybe a higher priority of relationship dimes, or nickels. And then some people are just going to get pennies because there's only a dollar to go around. This is the point. The value of your life is decided by how you divide it. And if you've divided your life into a 100 pennies, and many of us have, we're so busy going here, and we're so busy going there, and my kids, they have this, and I've got that every night, and I've got this every weekend, I'm moving over here. And now we're, we're instilling that very ideology in the lives of our children, and the things of the Spirit don't have a high priority, because it's just a penny like everything else in our lives, and we're exhausted and spent. And we want to, if you're going to go deeper in 2023, you are going to have to slow down. And you don't have to slow down. But if you don't, you won't go deep. I'm I'm just reflecting on this right now. (laughs) Solitude. Solitude is a pretty important practice we see in the life of Jesus. How many of you want to walk in the kind of authority, power, and grace that Jesus did? Like, as many as claim to to live in Him, so they are to do the same works Jesus did. The Bible, 1 John chapter 2, says this. Like, our lives should look like His. But our lives can't look like His if our disciplines and practices don't resemble His. I would invite you to be here at 6 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. I know that's inconvenient, but if you can make it work, show up. Let's just go deep. On Sundays at 10 o'clock, we just rally everybody in who's serving that day. And we just gather together and we just worship out of this room and declare and make some bold declarations. But show up early on Sunday. Pray. Get in these places and just experience and encounter God. And solitude, that place of, of finding your own quiet place consistently is vitally important to what I'm talking about. Henry Nouwen said this, Without silence and solitude, it is virtually impossible to grow in your spiritual life. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Without silence and solitude, it is virtually impossible to grow in your spiritual life. He goes on, he says, We do not take our spiritual life seriously if we do not set set aside time to be with God and learn to listen to him. St. Ignatius said, always try to keep your soul in peace and quiet, ready for whatever the Lord may wish to work in you. How many know that is beautiful? I want to encourage you, always, always try to keep your soul in peace and quiet. Because when you can learn to be in that posture, you become more able to respond according to what the Lord may be revealing in a moment as opposed to a reactionary disposition to whatever's coming my way, and I'm stressed out, and everybody gets a penny. And Within you right now is the power to do things you did not ever even dream could be possible. It's in the form of capacity. I'm calling to capacity, and I want to awaken it to ability. As we learn to walk it out, practicing this daily conversational relationship in prayer, God's word, the gathering of God's people, all of this awakens our God-given ability to be led by the Spirit. We're we're really working to learn what it is to practice the presence of God, to watch for grace, to follow favor. Any moment in time where you sense the presence of the Lord in a conversation with somebody, don't just race through your penny to everybody moment. That might be a nickel moment. Okay? Take a moment, pause, step back. If you sense the presence of God, the conversation taking a, a little bit deeper place, don't just rush off because you're busy. Pause and lean into that conversation with that person that you might not even know very well, but you sense the presence of the Lord. That's the way God God gives us guidance and direction. I think Jesus walked around, and when he sensed the presence of the Father and the direction of the Father, he would pause, and he would look around, he would see this person, he would look at that person, and he would see what the Father was doing. You and I actually have the capacity to do this, and I want us to develop the ability to do so as we allow the Holy Spirit to awaken things within us by learning to practice the presence of God. Watch for grace, follow favor, step into a deeper place of walking with him. I I was driving down the road uh, and I saw the windmills. Have you ever been down I-40 and you see all those windmills? And I want you to notice something about the windmills. I actually just kind of grabbed my phone and held it over my shoulder while I was driving. And I want you to notice. See that one windmill right kind of in the middle right? It's really moving. The one just left of it actually has no motion whatsoever. And I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me, if we don't learn to face the winds of the Spirit, then we'll just stand motionless, not being moved by God. But prayer is where you get up in the morning and you put your face to heaven and you face the wind of the Spirit and you say, Lord, would you move me the way you want to move me? And and did you notice there was one windmill that was quite moved by the wind right next to another windmill that wasn't moved at all. And this becomes the nature of the church. But God is wanting to stir up the wind of the Spirit in such a way that all of us, in our own expressions, in our own unified... You don't have to do like... I know I'm crazy... I know I'm radical. I remember when I used to Nathan Davis who he became a pastor in our church and, and now lives in Atlanta uh, you know he had he had been homeless he was on meth uh, he sold his his shoes one hundred and fifty dollars shoes for a $5 line, uh, uh, you know, I mean just crazy stories, then he had to walk home barefooted, uh, and, and and so when he got saved and he came to the church he started engaging, and again you know, he progressed along and grew and later became pastor, four kids now, uh, just amazing story of what the Lord will do in our hearts and lives as we surrender to him, but I remember when he would travel and we would go and I would be speaking somewhere, and he would be worshiping, he would kind of worship, you know, like ah and, and like The church people didn't like that. There were a number of times that a mocking spirit would sift the religious people in the room. You don't know what somebody's gone through. So before you start mocking somebody's worship because it doesn't look like yours, you might want to step back and just give thanks to God that they're actually in the room giving worship to God in their own maybe crazy way. And many times I would get up when I was speaking and point out the fact that this radical guy that acts like total crazy on the front row was homeless. He was on meth. What's your story, and why do you look at him when he's worshiping rather than looking to the Lord Jesus Christ Himself? I want us just to take a little time to practice the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now, I ask if um, was Joe. Were you playing keys? Yeah, will not you come if you would please Worship team can go ahead and come on up This week your action point I want to ask you Make time to practice the promptings of the Holy Spirit Now there's a card on your seat It has the notes on one side If you'll take that and flip it over Leon would you hand me one of those cards I failed to bring mine up Thank you sir Last week, Pastor A.T. led our our staff, some of our staff, through this uh, self-inspection, if you will. You know, the Bible says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And so we as a a team just kind of sat in a room, and we just listened to the Lord for a little bit. And then we evaluated, and you'll see on this. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself on how you do at having prayerful conversations about things that matter. On a scale of 1 to 10. What that means is, there's something that matters in my life, and I need to make a decision. I'm going to have a conversation with other disciples who know what it is to hear the Lord, and we're going to hear the Lord together on this. 1 to 10, how are you? I'm good. I'm by myself. I'm on my own. That's a 1. I'm surrendered to voices that I trust and have confidence that we hear God better together. That's a 10. So 1 to 10, how are you doing that? The, The next one. Biblical meditation and reading. Are you consistently in the Word? Turn the page. Every day, just turn the page. Write the date at the top of the page. Start in Genesis. Go through Revelation. Even when it doesn't make sense, you're nourishing your spirit. Don't worry about it if you don't always understand. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. I've said it enough times. I've got the whole thing really memorized. Get in the Word. And develop an heirloom at the conclusion of reading through your Bible you've got an heirloom then that's dated all the way through with little nuggets of truth and little insights of faith's first steps and Lexi's first steps are in one of my Bibles becomes a great heirloom to the generations after us scale of 1 to 10 how do you do about getting the word not not just getting the word but meditating and reading scripture scale of 1 to 2 1 to 10 solitude alone with God like quiet places the quote I read you, you're not growing spiritually if you don't practice solitude like you're just busy you're waking up and you're busy you got stuff to do you got to go fasting scale of 1 to 10 do you fast? it's really a beautiful thing to have a physical appetite and a physical hunger and, and when you are hungry I mean I've, I've said this before but for me I lean into that I'm hungry If I, uh, I, I've you know, done Daniel Fast before I wasn't going to eat any desserts and I sat down at a table at an event Tracy and I went to and they had the perfect piece of chocolate cake for me like I like frosting on the cake I like the cake here in the frosting and this was like big chunk I, and I was looking at that and I'm on a Daniel Fast and, and I don't know if it's the Lord who gave me this or the devil who gave it it was right there in front of me and I wanted it and instead of pretending like I didn't want it, I leaned into it. I looked at it. I smelled it. I thought about what it would be like to take my fork through that creamy frosty. How I many you know lust was in my heart? I reflected on it. And I gave myself to it on purpose to reflect on how much I wanted that, but how I was not going to participate in wanting that because I wanted something else so much more. That's fasting. You're going to a deeper place of awakening appetite. Prayerfully ministering to others, 1 to 10. Are you aware of the needs of people around you? And are you trying to minister to those needs? Community, being honest and being vulnerable. I don't have it all together. And I really do need to tell people that, about that. Confess your faults to another. Pray for each other so that you'll be healed. I want, I want to ask you to just take a moment with those and rate yourself. Just right here in the presence of the Lord, just take a moment. Just sense the Lord's opinion on this. Just one to ten. I'm going to give you a few moments just to do this. Do want to give you a moment to actually do it not just think about it like be really good if you did this Posture yourself to listen. If you've finished with your list, just posture yourself to listen. We're just before the Lord. Just for a few moments. please. I do think the first 40 days of 2023 are going to be pretty important. So I would encourage you to decide what it is you're going to fast in those first 40 days. Might be something digital. Might be something sweet make it something that you'll like i think fasting brussels sprouts is probably not allowed something you'll miss so that when you think about missing it you dig deeper into an appetite that actually drives you to the deprivation of that moment i'm going to ask if our uh, prayer team if you'll go ahead and just make your way to our prayer station and I want to just invite you would you just open your heart we're just going to take a few moments as we typically do just to conclude okay so the Lord's been speaking some things we're not just a room full of consumers you're here to listen to a speaker going to church really shouldn't be like going to the movies where we show up and we're entertained it should be more like going to the gym where you show up and you're put to work that's kind of what we did today might not be comfortable with it but hang in there God's going to deepen us he's going to take us into a place if you don't go to the gym if you don't work out if you don't exercise your muscles you're not going to be strong and you're going to have to grow in being strong in the spirit doesn't happen because you heard a good sermon happens because you're growing in the Lord going deeper in some of the practices and disciplines that we see in the life of Jesus and then we become discerning everywhere we go we're affecting the spiritual climate the spiritual atmosphere because we're in touch with what God is revealing and so Lord we just want to bring our hearts before you in just a final expression of worship and adoration as we take these few moments and just give back Lord and saying, you're worthy of our praise we acknowledge that you came you lived you died you're risen from the grave you are the Savior of the world and we desperately need you as our Savior from our sin Taking us from slavery to sonship where we become the sons and daughters of God on the earth come on if you believe Jesus is Lord why don't you say amen really loud we acknowledge that today in the name of Jesus our prayer team is available as we just take a few moments in conclusion of worship then if there's anything that we can pray with you about if today you're making a decision to say, he's, I'm going to make Jesus Lord of my life, or there's an area of my life I want to surrender, or I'm just tired of being prayerless. If we can pray with you about anything at all, then please, just while we sing this song, then make your way back. Let the prayer team stand with you, and we just agree for some things to be unlocked. Lord, thank you for your work in our lives and our hearts. You're helping us to understand that we've made the kingdom of God about trying to attend church but we know we can't go to church because we are the church. So we've gathered to be the church so we go out and change the world with the love of the Father awakened within our hearts in powerful and significant ways. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship the Lord before we're dismissed.